seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless soul, with Aaron and Rohit world. It's a hopeless soul, with Aaron and Rohit world. Welcome to another episode of The Hopeless Show. I'm Aaron Wolf. Rohit's over there. He's chilling too. We have a theme today. We have a jam-packed show, Rohit. Do you realize how jam-packed this show is? It's more jam-packed than the Smucker's Factory. <laughs> so that's um, just, let's have a minute for that real quick. <laughs> okay, we've rested with that. So the theme of the episode is Tom Hanks. Yes, Tom Hanks, the Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks of such films as Forrest Gump. Tom Hanks. So some things that we're going to be covering today, just a, an overview of how crazy it's going to get. We're going to be going over everything from the Olympics to a Bitcoin heist to the Cleveland Indians' new name. We've got some crazy hopeless TV, something that BTS, our favorite band that we just don't know much music about, did, to, did uh, this week. I mean, things are getting crazy monkey pox just wait things are gonna get nuts but first what do we got to do first always row it first thing that we start with is news from the never-ending quarantine yes it seems to never end even though it's ended but not ended but ended but not ended but do you wear masks but do you not wear masks i i want to call this now the the great mask divide because it is. It hasn't. It's become past political, like left right. It's become like on the liberal sector. It's like, are you super liberal where you're just all mask, or are you? No, I'm kind of done with this. I'm living life, so I'm not so mask. And I'm running into this with different friends and coworkers and stuff, and I don't know what to do. Have you found that with the uh, with the with this new mask L.A. County mandate that's only in L.A. County and nowhere else, but where it's like, do you wear the mask inside? Everyone has different rules. Where I've been inside, they some they check your Vax card. Some they say, wear a mask while you walk in the door. Then you can take it off. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I found this mask divide. Yeah, it, it, it sort of, it transcends the political divide in many ways. Um, you have people, you know, anti-maskers and even anti-vaxxers that have now crossed over. You know, for example, DeAndre Hopkins, of the Arizona Cardinals superstar wide receiver. You know, he's said pretty much like he doesn't want to play if he has to get vaccinated. You had a Minnesota Vikings coach that just uh, oh, wait, stepped away. Wait, don't talk about that quite yet. The Minnesota Vikings coach, we have to we have to hold on. I will hold. I will hold on that. But let me that's a preview for what we're gonna get into. But into to address about the masks specifically, um, I think that there's a it's 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 almost like once people have tasted the freedom of not having to wear a mask anymore, that regardless of where they're coming from, politically, socioeconomically, racially, whatever, it's like most people are just like, God damn it, I tasted freedom and now we're going back into the this masked world, which, you know, it's annoying, it sucks, but yeah, it's, and then there's people that I think are gonna be wearing masks for the rest of their lives and those are just like the extremist crazy people. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's a divide. And even going to like meet up with people when you like, it's like, oh, am I not being respectful? Because I just think this is dumb at this point. I'm back, you know, 
it seems and then they get judgy like oh you're not taking it so seriously anymore it just it's a divide of like of just ways people think it's a divide of it's it's like it's beyond like Yankees versus Red Sox or anything. It's it's become this like deeply personal thing about a damn mask. Yeah, and... I will say though, uh, Aaron, is that I went to the movies last night and we're going to talk about this to watch old. Um, it was opening night and, um, you know, I got a seat, a solo seat, because these are not the kinds of movies Eno wants to see. And the theater was completely packed. And I'm glad that everyone was wearing masks because, you know, we're traveling to Europe in a couple of weeks and we do not want to pick up that Delta variant. Um, and even though masks are not 100% foolproof in any way, it at least minimizes that chance when that means we don't have to miss our trip. And it was in the, the theater was packed and masked. Yes. Yes. So that's good. I don't, and for, in, I guess it's circumstantial for different, different things to different people in different moments in different parts of their lives. I'm pro mask choice. Yes. Yes. We are pro choice with that stuff. Pro mask choice. And uh, so I'll just one one other thing I did that, that feels special uh, in the news from the quarantine is I went to Dave and Buster's this week. And you might think Dave and Buster's like, why is that so important? It's the last thing I did before the pandemic is I went to Dave. We were, a bunch of us went to Dave and Buster's and then we went again and you might think Dave and Buster's isn't, you know, the most sanitary place or the most, uh, you know, you're touching buttons for games and stuff. But man, was it fun. It was so fun to play games again. Which, which, what, what, what time, what game did you spend the most time on? Oh, skee-ball. Oh, skee-ball. Yeah. And then, well, the problem is then it, cl- it closed early. So it didn't have that much time at Dave and Buster's. Mm-hmm. It was more just being there. There wasn't. I didn't play that many games. I was a bit sore, so I didn't play. Didn't play too many games, but I, uh, just the environment, hearing all the clicking and the sounds and the. It was just. It was cool to be back at a, at at a place that's you know, so. What would you call Dave and Buster's? It's a place it's like, that's so, blank. It's nostalgic. I mean, or. You're, like, you're talking about just in terms of crowds or like... Yeah, just what it is, what it represents. What does it represent? It represents it represents togetherness, partying, arcade games, and a lot of people um, touch, whose hands are touching the same arcade knobs uh, and buttons that you are. <laughs> it's like one step down from bowling in terms of spreading germs, um, but the place is great. Um, and by the way, it wasn't like... It was like for the first couple of years before I'd ever been to a Dave & Buster's, that I actually like this is years ago that I realized it was Dave and Buster's, not Damon Buster's, like D A M O N. Well, that's uh, that's a deep. That's something I really didn't know about you, and it really says a lot. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like the the Wednesday thing. Nobody corrected me till I saw Dave and Buster's <laughs> written. Um, also, apologies to the listeners. Um, if now my audio sounds better than it did for the first couple minutes of the show is because I did not hit record. So thanks to Nate, our producer, um, for uh, getting my real audio in there, starting with the Dave and Buster's uh, conversation. And now we're going to be sounding good for the rest of the episode. And Rohit, your voice is always so smooth as silk. You're like the Barry White of now. 
And well, thank we- you. That's a bit of the uh, news from the quarantine. A few things that happened for us, you know, just different different topics that always interest us. Every week, there's a new there's a new thing. There's a new something, and there's a new tons of things. We could do an entire show of just news from the quarantine, but we're not. We're going to go to topic number one now, which is uh, which is Roy. You've got something to say here. Yeah, this is honestly, Aaron. Sometimes like the hits just don't stop coming. But the, when the hits are bad, you want them to stop coming. And it just feels like we are headed down for yet another pandemic. If you guys felt that the Delta variant wasn't exciting enough, well, say hello to monkeypox. Now, what's being reported is more than 200 people, 200 cases across 27 U.S. states are being tracked for a possible rare case of monkeypox infections that have come from the place of my birth, Nigeria, on a plane uh, f- uh, through a Texas man that traveled from there earlier this month. It's the first time we're seeing monkeypox in nearly 20 years on these shores. And the CDC, uh, you know, it's saying that, yes, it's concerning. However, it's great that people are wearing masks on these flights because that's definitely going to reduce the likelihood of transmission. Um, but... S- so some of the stuff's kind of messed up. Here's some of the symptoms of monkeypox. You initially start to get fever, headaches, swelling, back pain, you know, aching muscles, and a general listlessness. Once the fever breaks, a rash can develop, often beginning on the face and then spreading to other parts of the body, most commonly on the palms of your hand and the soles of your feet, making it very difficult to walk or nearly impossible, and then making it nearly impossible to handle anything. And the rash, which can be extremely itchy, changes and goes through different stages before finally forming a scab, which later falls off. And these lesions can cause scarring. Gross. Um, but sometimes it can be severe, with about 1 in 100 cases being deadly. So while this, you know, isn't a huge, crazy thing yet, um, the 1 in 100 is actually kind of significant because I don't know if that's close to the corona numbers. I think it kind of sounds like that. Um which is still significant, you know? It's like, imagine just like looking around, oh, 100 people, that person's gonna die, that person's gonna die, that person's gonna die, that person's gonna die, um, in terms of people that get infected. So, uh, yeah, this is concerning. Um, and, yeah, so Aaron. I have hope, I, I have hope, what I you have got, hope for you. How do you got hope about so, the monkeypox? Talk to me. So, unlike the coronavirus or COVID-19, whatever you call it, the Delta variant, you know, whatever name you want to give the newest incarnation. Mm -hmm. It's still a basically invisible disease that you don't see. And so all these people who didn't take it seriously, it's I think partly because you don't see it. So they just think they're immune to it. If anyone wants to go Google monkeypox and look at what monkeypox does to you and what it looks like, you don't want it. It's disgusting. It is absolutely gross. It's like chicken pox on acid. It is so gross. So if monkeypox starts spreading and there has to be some mask or you got to stay away from certain people, whatever it has to be, people are going to damn do it because you don't want that shit on you. That stuff is gross. So my hope with this is people might be like politicized and the COVID and what you do and don't do because it's invisible. You don't see it. And then people just lie in bed. Monkeypox. You see someone with monkeypox, you know, that guy has monkeypox. That girl has monkeypox. I don't want that. I'm going to do anything to not have that. So that's my hope is that people will treat it very differently if it starts to spread. 
And it will be exactly like Cho Chang's friend Marietta in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Hopefully, spoiler alert, if you guys haven't had a chance to read the book in the last 16 years um, since it came out. Um, she was uh, you know, a member of the Order of the Phoenix, but she then spilled the beans. And because of that, she was under a curse. And then she just had giant warts on her head that spelled out sneak or snitch rather. So let's snitch. Um, so, yeah, this is just like that. So we're going to know. We're going to know if you've got the monkey pox and you'll be branded with it for the rest of your life. Um, so if you do, you're not going to want it. You're not going to want it. There's not going to be a pol- politicizing of, oh, it doesn't exist. It does exist because y- you look at it and, oh, it exists. It exists. It's the most disgusting thing you can think of. And I mean, I feel hope that people aren't going to want monkeypox. It's disgusting. If Aaron, you want to pause I, the podcast and look it up, it's gross. Yeah, it's gross. And Aaron, I, that does give me hope. It truly does. Because now it's like it, it, it just gives us, you know, people will be outed that aren't, you know, at least being respectful of others. And we, we talked about the mask stuff earlier. But yeah, it's like maybe we have to, in public places, just wear it a little bit more and just try not to get it. But like... Yeah, as long as you're, you know, and you're in your own house, not hanging out with other people that don't have monkeypox, you should be fine. Um, but yeah, I have a monkeypox club. We all just go and chill. <laughs> yeah, but it's fun. Right. It's like you talk monkey. So we're hope gonging that. Ready? Gong, gong. We have hoped. We have given hope to monkeypox. Who would have thunk? So speaking of monkeypox. We have a little, uh, little, a little financial news, a little crypto watch. What do we got, Aaron? Did you know that there was a Bitcoin heist, and that we're relating this to Tom Hanks, right? So, yeah, I believe the Bitcoin heist could, without knowing this story, could easily be a Tom Hanks movie, where he yeah, like- is so likable. Yeah, would you have an idea for the film? I mean, I was thinking already it's like a really nerdy Ocean's Eleven. Um, <laughs> but like, um, and also with the Tom Hanks thing, really quick, going back to the monkeypox, uh, there is a picture on eBay right now that's available, a signed uh, a photo of Tom Hanks uh, and a pair of monkey arms. So that's how we're tying in that theme. But anyway, back to the Bitcoin heist. Um, so, yeah, tell, talk to us about this, uh, Aaron. What, what exactly happened? Yeah, it's pretty wild. So there's these... Uh, these Bitcoin trade brothers who vanished after stealing $2.5 billion of Bitcoin. <laughs> and they, they used it to go buy citizenship on a remote tropical island. So these brothers are accused of carrying out the biggest Bitcoin heist in history. Then they bought citizenship and they moved to this island. Their names are traders Raiz, Saji, and Amir. And they fled South Africa in April, telling investors their company, AfriClip, Crypt, had been hacked and all of its funds stolen, when really they're the ones who stole it to just go live this amazing tropical life. And, I mean, then there's a lot that goes into it. There's a mystery behind it. There's a real long, good story that we won't get into now because it's, uh, it's too long. But what I, what I think about this is one movie... This should be a movie. It sounds awesome. Two, it's terrifying because the fact that you can invi- you can heist an invisible thing. Like this isn't this isn't like the Oceans movies where you're like going into a bank and robbing the bank and getting doing all those things they do in those kind of movies or any heist movie. This is like people doing like these virtual 
heists of their own company that people were investing in. And then it seem it seems they win. Like they're on an island in the tropics with a zillion dollars and they just can have anyone they want come to their island where they're citizens of their island. <laughs> they have citizenship. So I don't know what you think. It's it's definitely scary for the crypto market and yeah. for what you're investing in. It's also cool. Yeah, honestly, dude, these guys are kind of awesome. I just wish that they didn't steal from other investors, but I'd rather they like like stole from the government or avoided taxes or try and find some way that like, you know, to keep their currency independent and off of government hands. And then they just like found lack tax loopholes, moved to a whole nother country where they can't be prosecuted and create their own country. That to me is the South, uh, you know, is that that's the American dream, but coming up in South Africa, you know, the American dream transcends borders. And yes. so honestly, I hate that they stole it from investors and normal people, but I love their initiative I love the fact that they just got citizenship somewhere. It's kind of great. It's hard to hate these guys. It really and is. they're they're 18 years old and 21 years old. So they are forward thinkers in heisting. Oh, yeah. Okay. They're prodigies. Okay. Yeah. This hurts the rest <laughs> of us because now there's going to be more like lockdowns, probably more securities and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, good for them. Good for it's them. Kinda cool. yeah, it's it's kinda cool. cool. Uh, I mean, you know, you don't want to say that a giant, giant robbery and big heist where the criminals get away is cool, but it's cool. It wasn't our money. <laughs> no, it was somebody's, <laughs> though. Um, yeah, no, I, I feel for everyone who they stole from. I'm sorry for your losses. And uh, the Bitcoin heist is going to be a great movie. It's going into production today. We're about to do it. Love it. T- starring and- Tom Hanks. And Aaron, what's your other topic? Well, I just wanted to know briefly before we go into a pretty crazy sports update. Uh, what what is your forecast for the future of uh, of crypto? Because the like hearing stories like this, it just it further makes things feel like <laughs> this is quite a crazy market here and there's a lot now you can also say there's heists all the time with the US dollar with people stealing and I mean just the Trump organization what they've done which we'll get to a little bit later like people are stealing the Benjamins all the time and moving Benjamins around taking it from other people and using it for themselves it happens all the time that being said for the forecast for the future of crypto does this kind of story hurt it more do you do we think that that maybe some regulations might be helpful to get it back on track. What do you think? What, what is your brief on that? See, I think the biggest takeaway, and I think we've been starting to like, you know, cover this the past couple of weeks, but like it's becoming clear and clear that cryptocurrency, the idea and the intention is to be a decentralized currency that is operated independent of governments and country borders. It's kind of like it's a number of universal, it's just a number of universal currencies that can be used by anyone. Now, what we're seeing is that in order to quote unquote protect people and to, you know, stabilize markets, quote unquote, that you are seeing governments that are restricting, they're going to continue to do this. There is, once governments take away your freedoms and rights, they almost never give them back. And I don't think that's going to be any different with the crypto market. Once the regulations are here, they are never getting rolled back. Um, so I think I, I think we're headed down that direction. Um, okay. Yeah, it's 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 a bleak future. I, I foresee for cryptocurrency. Bleak at future. At least a bleak. So, 
a bleak short-term future. Long-term, I think maybe there's going to be some sort of disruptive force that is akin to the pirate bay. But, you know, which means, yes, you can right now still trade crypto. There's, like, you can do anything right now with crypto still. But I think that there's the pirate bay, what it represents was that it's a way that anybody anywhere could have looked up and found torrent links um, and then, you know, pirated shit. It just made it easy and accessible. And right now governments are trying to create hurdles and I think someone somewhere is going to find a way to make it easy to trade in crypto from a normal everyday person. So like we don't remember our listeners have heard us, you know, take the 12 step process that we had to go through to buy some of these random ass coins that we bought. Remember, you're going to find some lost money, which all, oh, lost yeah, all money. of them. Yeah. So some weeks to find a way to simplify that and make it really, really easily accessible. And they're going to do it offshore and people just get it there at the VPN. And that's going to make me happy. That's good. all right. So there's some yeah. hope for for, uh, you know, f- we, we love the idea of crypto because it's decentralized. It, do- it seems to give everyone a chance versus the uh, select few and yep. in with the with our current uh, corporatism market. And so we are not financial advisors. We are not experts in the finance world, but we do have common logic thoughts. So these are our common logic thoughts. And I think now we got to go right into sports because something huge happened today. Huge. Uh-huh. And I'll lead in and then I'm curious where what your take is on it. Because uh, there's a very direct Tom Hanks thing here. The Cleveland Indians announced that next year their name is not going to be the Cleveland Indians anymore. It is going to be the Cleveland Guardians. Why the Cleveland Guardians? It starts with the very first frame of the film Major League about the Cleveland Indians, which is it's on these bridges. There's these big statue guardians that that are uh, on the bridge that leads you directly to uh, I think it's called Progressive Field now. It was called the Jake a while ago, but to the Indian Stadium. And it's an iconic bridge in Cleveland. So the Cleveland Guardians are the name of the team. And the Indians released this video that was a two-minute, like, let's get pumped for the Cleveland Guardians video, narrated by Tom Hanks with music by the Black Keys. Now, the Black Keys are from around Cleveland somewhere. I forget where, but they're from Ohio, Cleveland, somewhere around there. Might be Akron, but they're from there. Black Keys, huge band. Uh, And then Tom Hanks, for reasons that we aren't quite sure, is a Cleveland Indians fan. He might have done a, a film there or a movie there or a show there a while ago and start sort of adopted the, the Indians as his team. And so he narrates this video. The Black Keys music is in this video. And it's a real nice video. It's actually, I rec- recommend everyone watch it. It kind of gets you pumped for the Cleveland Guardians. So my question to you, Rohit, before I say who I think should have actually been the host of the, uh, the two-minute video, is uh, what do you think of the name? I hate it. You hate it. Wow. Yes. Yes. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to get too deep into it. I, st- I still think it was, I think the Cleveland Indians was a fine name. I understand the removal of the caricature of the Chief Wahoo logo, but I, I just don't understand all the uproar. It's like, it's, it's, it's pretty much says that a Native American is a slur. 
you're, you're hearing certain people sort of like, you know, we still have the Notre Dame fighting Irish, and it's this little, tiny, short, red-haired person that's just like about to punch somebody, really exacerbating Irish people's likeliness to get drunk and fight. Then you have the Minnesota Vikings, which is, you know, meant to represent a warlike people coming from Scandinavia. You know, like, I don't understand why those names are okay. But even like the Cleveland Indians, and I'm an Indian myself, but Asian Indian, not Native American Indian. But like even still, like as someone that who's like got the Asian Indian in the name, I don't I don't understand this. I think everybody's a fucking coward. We still have the Atlanta Braves. Everybody's fine with that. Um, so I think they should have been something like the Cleveland Tribe. If anything, that might have been a bit. There are that was already a nickname for the team. Um, I thought that would have been a much more natural transition. You know, everybody calls them the Tribe. And then after that, I thought another cool name was the Cleveland Spiders. But then um, I guess, uh, you know, they're a bunch of snowflakes. Everybody's like, oh, what if people are scared of spiders? And so to me, Guardians would have been like the 50th name on the list. And it's boring. And it just sounds like an insurance company softball team. Um, <laughs> and I hate it. And it's stupid. Yeah, what? I I uh, I like it more, but I think I like it more because of that video. Before the video, I didn't like it, and then after the video, which is easy to find, just look up Cleveland Guardians mm-hmm. on Twitter, and it's there a zil- there's a zillion retweets of it. But I I think the video made me like it. I hear you. I hear where you're coming from. I think it should have a good name should have been something to do with rock and roll because of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so like the Cleveland Rocks. But then there's a problem because there's the Rockies, but something like that. Like the Cleveland Rocks, the Cleveland, I don't know, something, something rock and roll could have been cool too. But yeah, I hear you. I, I think I like it more than you do, probably because of the video. I was more upset with the video because the video was good, but I thought it could have been better. Because I totally hear what you're saying about the name. Uh, but once you see the video, you're like, okay, this makes sense. I get it. If you're in, in Cleveland, you th- this means a lot to you. But then I thought, this video the the narrator was tom hanks how much cooler would it have been if it was his son chet hanks because because <laughs> it would have gotten for the one go ahead it, well it's just for those who don't know chet hanks he's tom hanks son he looks like tom hanks other than that he has really nothing in common with tom hanks he's a white kind of rapper who's tatted up everywhere who talks definitely not like a uh a, a Tom Hanks' son, white guy. <laughs> he has uh, a lingo that is very different, and his uh, tw- his Instagram account is just nuts. Like he's just like smoking blunts and girls, and it's it's the I think the opposite of Tom Hanks. That's his son. So I think that would have been fun to narrate it. And then the music, Bone Thugs and Harmony, the amazing hip hop group, classic hip hop group. They're from Cleveland, and I just think hearing like. The song Crossroads, while Chet Hanks is narrating the video, would have just given it some real flavor. And then I would have been like, damn, the Guardians are going to be cool or they're going to be weird. Aaron, I say you hop on Adobe Premiere and you make an alt. Um, But yeah, I mean, (laughs) I'll watch the video. I don't know if I'll be swayed in any way. Um, Because what are you going to abbreviate the team to? Oh, we're playing the guards. Or like, like, that has like, there's no colloquial way to shorten the team like like you're a miami dolphins fan people call them the Finns, right giants people call or, them the g-men ready for this so i just realized this the name guardians 
if you take the word the the gar out of it and add two letters, what name are you back to? I N the the Indians. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the Edwardians. No, you're the Indians. It's only two yeah, right. letters off from being the Indians. So what if people just start calling them the Indians as the nickname? God, I hope so. Yeah, this is a dumb name. I hate it, and I'll never like it. But I think we should move on to our debates, Aaron. Oh um, yeah, this, this one this might is... get this one might get funky. So, Ro, why don't you tell us your your take your what the debate is and your uh, and your take first? Here, here's the debate: is um, is Twitter better without Donald Trump? And my answer is a hard no. And Aaron and I are going to debate this. I personally feel that Donald Trump was the greatest tweeter to ever exist. He was a crappy president. The dude's a dick. But his tweets were absolutely insane and amazing and the best part about Twitter. And when they banned him, uh, the best part about Twitter was banned at the same time. Um, so I miss him on Twitter. I don't miss him as president. Um, and I want him back. And Aaron... I know you vehemently disagree. Uh, no, I don't vehemently disagree. I adamantly vehemently disagree. <laughs> I couldn't disagree more. And I know if you look up his tweets, there are some incredibly funny, some awful, some some very funny ones, some racist ones, some outlandish ones, things that where you're like, I can't believe that guy said that. And then you realize, oh, right. And that guy became president. What, what made me... What makes me glad that he's gone is we're already in this in this world of misinformation. And as uh, Dr. Fauci said with the virus, if the misinformation that's being spread now with COVID was spread during polio, polio would still exist. And for those who don't, don't know what polio is, it's really bad. You don't want it. So the idea that if Trump had the Twitter forum where everyone could see his tweets every day, all the news channels would cover it, I think we'd be in an even worse place with COVID. I think we'd be in an even worse place with the divide of our country. And so while I appreciate that you like the entertainment value of it, there's so many other places to get entertainment. The fact that we don't have him disrupting all the other things he disrupted, like the Capitol riots that he caused, partly because of Twitter, you know, just just things to undermine the very essence of our country. I think that outweighs the comedy of it. We still have ISIS and we still have horrible, horrible people on Twitter. Like, I don't if you're going to ban him, ban all of them. That's a thing, man. And another counterpoint, I have never seen a thin person drinking Diet Coke. Tweeted by Donald, tweeted by Donald Trump in October 2012. That is, uh, I, I, I like. I'm gonna read some of the best tweets really quick. Um, this is from December 2019. So ridiculous. Greta must work on her anger management problem. Then go to a good old fashioned movie with a friend. Chill, Greta. Chill. Uh, speaking to Greta Thunberg. Then uh, a 16 year old uh, at the time. Six, yeah, hilarious. Then uh, 2017 uh, is despite the negative. The, sorry, despite the constant negative press, Gov Fife. Um, <laughs> I remember another, when that one came out. That was, was so like, good. What is Con Fife? <laughs> and then lowest rated Oscars in history, all caps. Problem is, we don't have stars anymore except your president. Just kidding, of course, in parentheses. Um, then we have. Um, and he's not kidding, by the way. He thinks he's oh, the biggest star ever. Oh, totally not kidding then we have thank you kanye very cool 
Um, then we have Ariana Huff is unattractive both inside and out. I fully understand why her former husband left her for a man. He made a good decision. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. And for I just got two more. Two more. Two more, yeah. Um, After Friday's Twilight release, I hope Robert Pattinson will not be seen in public with Kirsten. She will cheat on him again. And then (laughs) Rosa Parks never had to take a bus in the first place. Owns a car, my people tell me. Very suspicious. Mainstream media not reporting that. Sad. Black people love me, by the way. Polling very high. Like, I mean, (laughs) that's the most absurd one at all. Like, like he's debunking something that happened, what, 60 years ago, as though his people are telling him this new inside information. But, okay, everything you just read, everything you just read was absurd, funny, racist, all the things we said. It it covered it all. It covered it all. All of it. I still. You're missing a lot of the tweets that incited a lot of terrible things in our country, and I just don't want him. And I, I want his voice to – if he could just be like a Twitter thing and that was it and he had no impact on society, by all means. But the fact that he does and he his every people some, – some people in this country still hang on his every word. I think that, that the fact that we have a, a less of an ability to get to those words – helps the betterment of our country, even though everything you read was entertaining or offensive, or at least it, it, it got us rolling. I well, give you I, that. I, I, I would agree with you as long as tw- if Twitter was consistent about removing everybody else and brace the same rules. I would totally yeah, they, agree with you. They'll never do that. But Exactly. So then I can't... I, I, I'm all about... I just don't like hypocrites and I don't like hypocrisy. And I, I loved just seeing the mind of a madman that has so powerful just come to life on Twitter. It was insane and insightful and the most entertaining thing I've ever seen. Um, and we I still got it. to see it. We still got to see, so just see not on Twitter, but you got to see him go after Tom Brady because Tom Brady made fun of him and seems to like President Biden. And so when when he when the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got their uh, their you know visit to the White House and all the Bucks went, and I think Trump was really pissed because they the team weren't going when he was president. So he called him Tom Shady. So we got that. Now Tom Shady's a name, which I, I don't like Tom Brady. So I like that. And he said a bunch of other things about Tom Brady. So we still got like, abs, you know, absurd Trump stuff there. But I think we'll still get it. We, you'll still get your fix. It's just not as much I think is good. But you know what I think we have to do? What's that? Let the listeners chime in. I'm curious. I'm really yes. curious where, where they where they fall. Yeah. Let us know if you would love Donald Trump back on Twitter, not as president, but back on Twitter, because I would. And Aaron, <laughs> let's move All back. Right. Let's move on to our on to your topic. Well, we just have to tie Tom Hanks into Trump tweets really quick. Is that uh, uh, my hunch is Tom Hanks is going to be a guest on our show. We just don't don't know when yet. So just hold tight. What? But. Yeah, he's going to be a guest. We just don't know when. We don't know when. It could be this year. It could be next year. We don't know. But he's going to be we, a guest. We don't even know Tom Hanks, do we? Or um, I know people who know people who know him. Okay. All right. All right. Aaron, There's let's a chance. Sure, yeah. Let's let's cash that check then. Um, yeah. But well, the, we. Have I don't a, think a he Trump. would. I don't think he'd like. I don't think he likes Trump tweets. From what I know of no. Tom. And just to wrap this up, uh, in 2020. Donald Trump is said to have almost tweeted that Tom Hanks had died after seeing the reports actor uh, around the beginning of coronavirus. Um, so, oh, he tweeted it. 
though he almost tweeted it, uh, Trump said, because the intel he was getting fed was so like rapid um, that they weren't sure if Tom Hanks was going to die or not. Is this the same um, so, intel that Rosa Parks had a car? Oh, who knows? But yeah, this is on uh, Business Insider and BBC and such. Um, okay, cool. Let's move on to the Olympics, your topic. Yeah, the Olympics. Man, I feel hopeless about this because the Olympics are such a cool thing. Every four years, you get the summer. Every other, well, it's two and two, right? You get the summer, then next two years, you get the Winter Olympics. And it's a fun event. It's a thing that brings the world together. It's a thing that right now I think would be really good for the world to have a great Olympics, except so far the Olympics just started and it is getting destroyed. It is a mess. People are mad. Olympians are mad. The opening ceremony, can I just read you a bit about what the opening ceremonies, what happened there? Yes, yes. Uh, it was, there were 900 people allowed in the in the stadium. Uh, the... Uh, First Lady Jill Biden was there and a lot of other leaders from countries and then the Olympians. But they were hoping to put on a big show and they couldn't. So there's no real fans. There's just the Olympians. And they said the ceremony was really somber, socially distanced. There wasn't a big scale. There was a there. One of the moments was a remixed version of John Lennon's Imagine, which I feel that song is used like for everything always. And they said that that was a beautiful moment, but also kind of somber because it's imagine the world living life in peace. And right now there's none of that in the world. So I it just it was a really sad opening ceremony. No one was real happy. Everyone's in masks. People are mad. Everyone's polarized about the Olympics. It just it, it's really sad that that's where we're at with something that's supposed to really be a uniter for everyone. And then there was a review of the Olympic ceremony, and I'll just read the headline. Tokyo Olympics opening ceremony review. Naomi Osaka and Tonga Man's return couldn't elevate downbeat affair of the Olympics. They just called it downbeat. It just was sad. It wasn't fun. It wasn't, it was just sad and depressing. And no one can go to it. And uh, yeah, I just feel sad about that I mean I'll watch some of it but it's just like it's just just yeah you know <sighs> yeah I mean here's what I can take away is and this is I mean there will never be world peace and there will never be equality because that's never existed since the animal kingdom came out um, yep. you know since since uh, God issued you know version 1.0 um, that will never, ever, 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 ever happen. So I, I get the idea of like, oh, hey, taking a time to reflect. But, the, you know, there's always going to be bad things happen in the world. I think you're right. I think the Olympics should have been taking a moment to recognize the good in the world and the excitement and the positive in the world and the world coming together to compete as equals. You're right. And so it's sad that they took that kind of route. Um, here's the the positivity. It's like I haven't watched yeah. an Olympics in, a, in, in many Olympics because it's none of the, all the games are weird and I just don't have much interest <laughs> in them. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's baseball because, and basketball. That's, that's fun. Oh, uh, it's, oh, I didn't realize I knew, I knew about basketball, but if anything, maybe it's, it's now that the opening ceremony is over, we can just go to focus on our underperforming, uh, men's basketball team. Um, and, uh, I think our women's soccer team lost in, uh, an Olympic trial recently. Um, and, um, so this is make we're gonna I think 
I think the sports will be good. Forget the opening ceremony. Um, it's just it's like a halftime show, but at the beginning, and it's like doesn't really matter. No. Okay, can I just get, get a little more downbeat because I, I I see where you're yes. just you're you're going the way of the Olympics don't matter. I uh, am gonna say it does matter for so many people. It does matter around the world, and this is how sad it was. The uh, Savannah Guthrie of the of today's show, I think. Uh, was with Mike Tirico. They were the announcers of the opening ceremony. And at the very beginning, she goes, this is so exciting. And it was, they say the first of what was distinctly the first of many major overstatements of the morning. And the network wasn't trying to avoid the obvious, they say, but the very reason to go ahead with the Tokyo games has been just so much controversy. And then the Mike Tirico was then, uh, was then he then said everything is so unique this time around in a very positive way and then he said this is the most unique and challenging game since the modern olympics began 125 years ago bringing together the world in the middle of a global crisis it's like they're fishing so hard to find something positive to say and it's obviously falling on flat ears this is so unique and terrible and that's why we're all coming together for it (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yeah it's it's this will probably, I mean, here's the thing is most people will never get to attend an Olympics in person. Um, and so we, most of it's watched on TV anyway. Yeah. In a few years actually here in LA, but so like for the most of the world that's watching, it'll make it about the games. We already saw that the NFL NBA, they worked, you know, without crowds, not as good, but they worked. Um, and I think as soon as it gets in the swing of things, people that are into the Olympics are going to forget all about this, but they will be unique games. And if anything, a source of really weird memes, I'm sure, because there gonna be so many unique moments. All right. Well, let's let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. And we'll give that a we want not quite a hope gong yet. We have no. to see what happens first. Exactly. It's a wait and see gong. Um, and uh, Aaron, due to time, I think there's definitely some hopeless TV we should talk about. But do, maybe we do we want to save the BTS and hope in 60 Um some of these other Ooh, topics the hope in 60 i think we we, sh- we can save but let let's do uh, let's do hopeless tv and the and and then finish the show off with uh the bts and uh in our on our farewell salute great yes and we'll get to the sam fan submissions next week thank you in advance to mike and jared uh we'll get to your questions next week um but to start speaking of the olympics um i don't know if anybody out there has seen a commercial for ring home security recently um, it ran during the Olympics. Uh, it's been running on HGTV. It's running on Hulu. Um, it's running a lot of places, apparently. Um, yeah, and I'm in it. And I've been <laughs> getting a, uh, you know, after we had a whole, you know, attempt at home invasion. For those listeners that came back to the very beginning of this show, you'll remember um, a situation that we had talked about where, you know, I had five people in broad daylight trying to break into my house. They were unsuccessful. Um, and I put up a viral video about it with me, you know, using my ring to sort of, uh, uh, you know, scare them away. And so Ring came and shot a commercial uh, with me and Ina, and now it's running on national TV. Um, I didn't tell really anybody because I was just w- excited about all the, the texts from like people from all the way back to like high school and middle school and stuff that have been reaching out to me. So it's been pretty fun. But yeah, the, the hopeless part is that unfortunately with how much, how much it's running, I might become a hated face because I, I don't know how annoying the commercial might get if, if people are seeing it too much, just like any other commercial. So, yeah. Well, I have hope for it. Are you getting paid? Nope. 
<laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> All right, there's no hope there, but I can't wait to watch the commercial. So, yeah, but it's really fun. I'm I'm how proud of it. I'm happy with it. It's fun. You have to text um, me it. I want to see it. Oh yeah, I'll share it with you. Um, uh, so so we have another hopeless TV. I believe oh, yeah. about, about the movie that you saw. Yes. So the movie is M Night Shyamalan's Old, um, based off of a French novel. Um, and I went to go see the premiere last night, and I really enjoyed it. Now the story takes place uh, with you know a group of people, a couple of groups of people that are on a beach uh, in some remote island, and as they enter this beach, they start aging a year for every half hour. Um, and it's kind of traumatic and you can kind of like, it's got this whole message about, um, like kind of your young days just flying by before you even know it. I think that's kind of like the above the line messaging. Um, but I, I think I'm, I really enjoyed the movie, but I feel like people are just going to hate on it because M night has, you know, he's kind of like been a, a punching bag. Um, and it's fair and people that don't even know all his work are quick to criticize. And now I, I hope more people watch this, but I feel like the mixed reviews might scare people away. And your pitch scared. That doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> no, no, but it's, it's dark and it's really good. All right. I'll, I'll, you know what? You just convinced me with that, that I may watch it. Love it. Um, and, and so yeah, that's hope for me. And you're and you're a big movie buff. So um, I, I, I look forward to our conversation about it once you see it. Um, I, I will maybe see it. So then we'll have a conversation about it. And so there's a little hope there. And then speaking of hope for this is because we had to cover this today. We talk about this is guess the BTS again, our favorite band, BTS, K-pop sensation. We just don't know much of their music, but man, I love all the stuff they get into. And they seem like great people, but they did something bad. Do you know what that is, Rohit? I do not. Tell me. So they plagiarized. We've talked about Uh-oh. this song, Butter, that they had, where for yeah. a while there was a website, there was a webpage that was just melting butter until the yep. song came out. The song became a number one hit. I still haven't listened to it, but it became a number one hit. But earlier this week, BTS was caught in a controversy over alleged plagiarism of their single Butter. Some keen listeners noted that the track is oddly similar to the theme of Konami's Monster in My Pocket, a video game released back in 1992 for Nintendo. And so now they're in this whole, is it, did they rip off something? Did they plagiarize? And it just made me sad to think they... They could have done something bad. They've never done anything bad. So I, I guess rather than play the song and have people guess, I, I say for listeners, go check out the song and then check out the Monsters in My Pocket theme from the video game and let us know if you think they're plagiarizing. I'm still mixed. And you know what? And I want to bring hope to that because I think every – artist and musician takes inspiration from what they listen to and what they grew up with and these kids obviously were probably barely not even born in the 90s but they might have played this and just gotten some inspiration and or their songwriters did and you know everything in the end is based on classical music which is then based on like cavemen banging on fucking walls and rocks and shit <laughs> so um whether it's plagiarism or not like let's give it a listen and we'll find out but if it's inspiration inspiration's part of art 
Um, Boom. So, yes. so let's let's take that hope and go and end our show with hope fulfilled because yes. we uh, and we'll get to some of these other topics that trust me they're crazy next week. But to finalize, finish off the show, we were briefly touched on this. Rick Dennison, the uh, Vikings coach, the Minnesota Vikings coach, refused to get the COVID vaccine and got fired. And for me, this is hope fulfilled because we talked last episode or a few episodes ago how everyone should get the damn vaccine. Even the yep. Alabama Republican governor, she came out and said, everyone get the vaccine. And Even that's Sean Alabama. Hannity said it. Even Sean Hannity said it. So yeah. if you're a coach and you think you're above health and you're above this and stuff, the fact that he got fired for not taking the vaccine and being unwilling to look out for the safety of his fellow uh, players, teammates, coaches, I think that is a great move. I think that's the start of hopefully more to come so people just get this. And there is. And I think there's some breaking news in New England. Another, a New England assistant coach might be out for the same reason now, too. And I know you love the Patriots, Aaron. Um, get rid so of them. Sad to hear that. Yep. So get and, rid of them. Um, and so honestly, and here this is fine because you know what? There's going to be another coach waiting to step in, another person waiting to get that job, get his shot. Because this guy obviously values anti-science more than he does his job and his career and his team. And get somebody else that cares in. I love it. See ya. You know, like don't let the door hit you. And with that. Um, we want to say the opposite to our listeners. We want the door to hit you on the way out because I think that's the nicer way, right? It says, don't let the door hit you. Yeah. Don't, so, I don't know. What's the phrase? Yeah. What, whatever the good one is, is what we want. Yeah, exactly. Yes. We hope the door hits you on the way out because apparently that's nice because you don't, you know. But uh, regardless, uh, thanks for tuning in to this uh, shorter episode. We'll have a longer one next week. Um, and we're really, really uh, excited to, you know, let, let us know what you think about Don our Donald Trump debate. Let us know what you think about the BTS song. Um, until then, I'm voting. Hit for row hit with the number four on all channels, and my co host is the Aaron Wolf on all social media. And I'm even gonna be trying TikTok this week, so yes, oh, we'll report it next week. Until then, we'll see you at episode 55. Later, when the world seems cold and bleak, and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless soul. With Aaron and Rohit, whoa, it's the hopeless soul.